Hey everybody, welcome back to the Jesse Nyberg podcast. Today I'm here with Alicia, very talented digital artist, excited to talk to her. How are you doing? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm doing amazing. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad you uh, could make some time to do this. We were talking a little bit right now. I'm sure you've been pretty busy and a lot of people wanting to talk to you this past year. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been quite a ride lately. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people, uh, and, it, and it's really different from anything I used to to do mm-hmm. before everything. Just like before twenty twenty one, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of people, especially like just different designers and creatives, before like even like not just like quarantine or like NFTs or streaming mm-hmm. YouTube, whatever people started doing, it seems like they're a lot more like out there than before. A lot of people were like just their work and you never saw their faces online mm-hmm. and things, but everyone now seems to be a lot more open. Yeah, I, I feel like that's the case and I'm feeling way more comfortable doing so as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I feel like before I wasn't really just prepared to do that because there's a lot of there's a lot of things when you show your face and then everyone starts to you know not judge you but they they have something to say about who mm-hmm. you are and what you look like and the fact that oh wow you're you're a girl <laughs> and right. it's like yes i know <laughs> it's been like that 25 uh, 26 years actually yeah. <laughs> yeah i feel like it's a lot more intimidating too yeah for because i've talked to a bunch of women artists and designers and like half the time it's like 50 50 either when people find out they're a girl it's a good thing or they get like harassed or some shit and it's like no wonder people want to stay like hidden sometimes because mm-hmm. some people on the internet could suck yeah unfortunately but i feel like everyone's is starting to be more confident and i'm here for it because um i I myself i I have been struggling like everyone else with self-confidence issues Mm -hmm. and all of that so seeing so many people being more confident and open about who they are is really comforting in a way yeah whoa my light got super bright sorry yeah um (laughs) I wanted to know, like, what have you kind of been doing this week? It's Friday. What were you up to earlier in the week? Let me let me check my schedule. <laughs> to be <laughs> honest, uh, this week and these days, it's really hard for me because I'm supposed to work on like self projects, mm-hmm. but. I, I just end up doing so many things and I actually end up working more for others and for myself. Yeah. Not in terms of clients, but you know, just like having community discussions and doing talks and live streams and and just like helping with the, the projects I'm involved into, which are mm. uh, art galleries, platforms and all of that. So that's like, that's a lot to be honest yeah. <laughs> so now it's friday and yeah i, I feel like the, the only thing i i did this week for me is like a couple of instagram posts yeah um yeah <laughs> yeah it gets like it seems like i've talked to a lot of people about this too like as designers and like artists it seems like nowadays like we're doing so many things that aren't actual designing and art like we have to do all these kind of managerial and like admin type things these days Mm -hmm. yeah exactly but hey it's it's great because 
I love doing so many different things because I get bored really easily yeah. of just doing the same thing over and over again. And I love social contact. And this is what, and this is something I was missing a lot when I, you know, when I left school after I graduated, mm-hmm. uh, I was missing that because I'm a super talkative person. I'm always yeah. talking with everyone. And then all, all of a sudden I just found myself into this position where I was alone, working at home 24-7 and yeah. not talking like to a lot of people, to be honest. So I feel kind of revived to have all of these interactions and projects. And it's like, um, I'm the kind of person who works better when there's a lot of things to do at the same time, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And yeah, like with the internet too, like all these little interactions we do every day, like maybe replying to a message or a comment or liking, like all that is so insignificant compared to having like an actual conversation with someone. Mm -hmm. You can't really supplement like real conversation with just these little like things created in an app, you know? Yeah, you have to see uh, the other person, you know, intonation tone of voice and Mm -hmm. their expression their expressions and everything that's like that's the beauty of social contact i guess it makes you feel heard and alive in a way because otherwise you just feel kind of dead inside it's a it's a bit frustrating to be honest (laughs) yeah definitely um before i get a little bit too deep into some of this other stuff i was wondering if you can give for anyone that doesn't know a little bit of background on you as like an artist and a designer. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so for for people who are not familiar familiar with my work and what I do, um, my name is Alicia Reno, of course. Um, I'm 26 years old, I'm French, but I actually live in Canada right now. Um, I've been in Montreal for a year and a half uh i think so yeah (laughs) and and yeah um uh, i'm a former graphic designer uh i've been working as a graphic designer and studying as a graphic designer for around seven years graduated with a master degree in graphic design and a thesis um and that was in like 2018 and Mm -hmm. now i am (laughs) i don't know what i am it's it's really difficult to just categorize myself into something but i I'm a digital artist as well. Um, I work under the name of Malavide. This is my company's name, uh, my Mm -hmm. brand as well. Um, And I mostly work um, with just abstract abstract artworks. And I work a lot um, around emotions, mental health, emotional sensitivity. Yeah. And yeah, that's about what I do, to be honest. There's a lot of things to do that, that I do. Uh, as I say, um, I don't like to categorize myself into one or the other. I rather yeah. call myself like a, I guess, a designer of emotions. That's a title mm. I kind of figured out for myself and a title I feel comfortable with, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I feel like I'm sure once you started creating more like, I guess, like, for lack of a better word, more traditional like art, I feel like your trajectory kind of changes from like working with clients and stuff as like a maybe traditional designer. Whereas I feel like someone like you, you know, like people are coming to you for this very specific thing and they want you to create like the style that you've kind of developed. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, it is. It's it's really weird because 
I've always wanted to be a designer. That that was like my first passion in life. Never really wanted to be an artist or anything like that because mm-hmm. mainly because for me art was like about drawing and being able to illustrate things and all of that. Yeah. <laughs> so I never aspired to be that, but the more I share, you know, on social medias and all of that, the more people were reaching out to me and to to get that kind of style, that mm-hmm. kind of projects. So it kind of moved naturally and organically, to be honest. Um, yeah. I, I didn't decide about that. And I love doing both at the same time, if it's possible. But nowadays, of course, I do more digital art than anything and way less client work than I ever did <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that, especially with uh, the emergence of like, NFTs and like a few other things where it seems like designers nowadays there's a like a lot more opportunities for them from just being like a traditional like working at a studio or working with clients a lot of the lines have been blurred between like artists and designer Mm -hmm. it's kind of like ambiguous now you could kind of be both in a way as in the past it kind of felt like you had to choose and you couldn't be both yeah totally it's and it's a burden to have to choose um, mm-hmm. between things that between two things that you love or more you know like you you you, you kind of want to be everything that you want to be so it's it's really difficult because before before that I feel like everyone was trying to really fit into something mm-hmm. but you know it's such a a human just intention to do that when really you kind of want to create the place where you belong um and and it's difficult because sometimes it takes a lot of time to find this place where you belong and when you where you feel safe and comfortable Mm -hmm. and i feel like entering nfts at first wasn't like that for me I, i didn't know if i expected something from that or not but now this is i i feel it you know this is where i belong especially because as someone who blurs boundaries between all fields such as design and art and emotions and psychology and all of that mm-hmm. um my work isn't i don't feel like my work is really made for client work or mm. those kinds of things i i feel like I was trying to to fit the bill for that, but my work is about making people feel something. You know, yeah. it's just it's just about that, and living from that is really hard <laughs> on its own. You know, um, even when selling prints and merch and all of that, right. that doesn't that doesn't pay the bills at the end of the of the day. And when I discovered about all this new realm and everything that I could do there, it, it really just changed a lot of things about how I apprehended myself and my work. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's really surreal to think about what happened over the past few months, to be honest. I feel like I, I, I'm still processing everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I've been kind of, I'm not, I haven't been super involved in that community, but I have been involved in it as like, just like a background viewer and kind of seeing the different people that I, I had already known or seen emerge in that scene. And it's crazy because there's some people that like, you're an example, it seems like 
that that whole like nft stuff like it completely changed your whole like kind of trajectory in life and like what you're working on at the moment mm -hmm. yes because when you you know when i when i graduated with uh, with the the, mass, the the my thesis and all of that mm -hmm. i had a really i had a lot of expectations of the things i wanted to convey as a as a designer or just as a creative in general um i wanted to make um to make statements i wanted to to focus my work thread around of course mental health and all of that but mm -hmm. that, but that's not something that's easy to do when trying to combine just living out of yeah. what you do um so it so it's it's a difficult goal and i kind of I was kind of trying to do that uh, with my Instagram and my posts, etc. But mm -hmm. most of the time, I, I wasn't even thinking about that because I, I was just trying to make thing, things work for clients' projects. And I kind of forgot what my intentions were. And, mm. and it, it was really difficult to admit that because it felt like, like a failure in a way. Yeah. But you know, it's part of the process as well. And before I entered NFTs, I think in 2020 was like my worst year ever um, in terms of work, of course. But I mm -hmm. know that it was a case for a lot of people. And I really thought that because of because of what because of moving to Canada uh, and a lot of external factors, I really thought about just quitting what I was doing because mm -hmm. that was not sustainable anymore for me. I was in a really bad place mentally and physically and just economically as well, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and people think that because you have, you know, a following on Instagram, you're doing amazing and you have all of these things that comes to you naturally and all of that, but mm -hmm. that's not the case at all. Like these are just numbers. So I was right. kind of miserable to be honest. And when I when I connected with NFTs and that I found that this was perhaps a way for me to focus on those dreams and hopes that the young me had when graduating from yeah. her diploma and all of that, it felt like I couldn't, there was a lot of beef and just, you know, like a lot of downs and ups and just like a lot of goods and bads in the topic but i just thought i would give it a try because if i don't try i i don't know if it's going to change my life or not yeah and i'm, I'm kind of glad i did <laughs> yeah and i feel like your work uh it was kind of almost it almost seems like obviously you didn't know about nfts before they were like existing but it seems like your work almost perfectly like fit into the the world like i saw a lot of people that i feel like kind of had to change their style to like cater to what was going on with like like everyone started doing 3d you know or like motion mm -hmm. in their nfts even if they weren't traditionally that type of artist and your work i feel like people recognize it so easily that you're instantly able to just like put that work into there and you didn't have to like change for the medium the medium changed like for you you know you were able to stay authentic in that way it's i, I guess yes it, it's really difficult because most of the time i'm really just self-conscious about what i do is it like mm -hmm. enough um you know abstract art has that 
thing where it's like kind of nonchalant and like yeah, everyone's yeah. like, yeah, it's so easy, you know, to mm-hmm. do abstract art and that's not art. But again, what is art at the end of the day, you know, like, and anyways, I, I feel really self-conscious, like when I'm, when I start comparing myself to a lot of my friends that who are doing amazing three artworks, you yeah. know, like with all of those lightnings and materials and all of those scenes and motions and all of that. Um, and sometimes it's difficult to just yeah. stick to what you do, but uh, I, I just try to trust my God and say to myself, like, if I haven't changed yet and I'm just evolving in what I do, that might mean that it's what I meant to do in a way. Right. Like, does that make any sense? Because yeah. otherwise, I would have I would have shifted already because I mm-hmm. trust myself, just like my instinct, as at least. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's more sustainable too. Like, if you're not switching it up for a specific thing, you never have to worry about like that trend dying out or that thing not becoming popular <laughs> anymore because you never you never switched for it. Um, has, was the experience with like NFTs and all that for you, was it, was it pretty successful right away or did it take some time to kind of build into that scene? I think, um, so when I started, it felt like it took a, a bit of time, but when I think about, about it and just go back to the, 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 the time lapse of like what happened, mm-hmm. it, it, it was really short to be honest, yeah. but when I was into it and just waiting for it to happen it felt like a like an eternity but yeah. but as i always mention that to everyone who's like starting into nfts and all of that is that it takes it takes patience a lot and i worked a lot on my patience ever since i i jumped into that because i'm 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 really 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 bad with patience and like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm an impatient person like i cannot wait for things to happen i always have to tackle things yeah and and it really played with my nerves like i was going crazy i was like when does this happen there's nothing i can do i can't control that I, i'm a yeah. control freak as well uh and it was horrible horrible mentally it was horrible but when it happened it was like the best day of my life like I, when i i sold like two artworks in a row mm-hmm. and i made like you know someone thought that these pieces were interesting enough to be bought and i was like okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> it feels surreal for me because what i do for me is just like so I, I don't want to be mean to myself and most of the time I, I feel like, I feel like it looks like shit or anything I'm just like I feel like it's nothing you know it's just brain that may be mud. what like <laughs> that's like probably like that's not maybe not good in long term to think that way but that might be <laughs> what pushes you to you know always yeah, don't be do better that. <laughs> don't do that. I, I don't recommend that. I, I talk with a lot of people uh, every single day. And and of course, we all think that about our work, but I mm-hmm. don't recommend it. It's just intrusive thoughts. It's just yeah. that. It's just thoughts, but they're not yours. It's not you, you know? It's just right. a brain ramble. But yeah, I, I, I think I was pretty successful kind of right away and i'm really grateful for that because i came in early right and ever since i've been just trying to keep keep the pace and just be kind to myself when i see that 
things don't go as I plan them to to go and when things slow down as well and I just try to take into account the fact that this is totally out of my control um ex- especially mm-hmm. because that's it's it's a world that is ruled uh by external factors you know right i.e e. the market to be honest yeah yeah it's interesting because it's it's different from you know as as stable as some of the cryptos can be uh it's different from like you know just the normal like dollar because it doesn't fluctuate on like a weekly basis in terms of the market like yeah there might be a bad day for like the overall stock market but it's not going to cut the price of your artwork in half in one night you know but mm-hmm. that can happen and in like with <laughs> ethereum and all that stuff yeah it's it's frightening like and i and i know that where there's fear there's also an adrenaline and i think mm-hmm. that's why a lot of people are really addicted to uh, to this movement because that that's like there's the, the thrill you 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 feel yourself alive in a way i yeah. guess but i'm not there for that because i don't want to feel myself alive alive in those kinds of terms that's like <laughs> way too painful for me it yeah. gets me anxious like every single time but i try to remain calm and just think about the long term mm. um but like it's difficult to to think on the long term uh, thinking on the long term is giving me a lot of anxiety and i and i know for people who have anxiety it's really difficult to try to project yourself into a, a long-term per- period because yeah it's so full of just like in uncertainty that is mm-hmm. it a word <laughs> yeah that's good <laughs> yeah yeah that's true because like it, there's some there's a lot more added anxiety and stress around it rather than yeah just doing traditional artwork or design work. Um, I was wondering, kind of speaking of that anxiety and that stuff, can you tell me a little bit more about like the heal the deal thing as well as kind of what you're doing just in terms of like mental health and stuff as like, I saw you're like the head of mental health or something like that in the, like <laughs> some kind of crypto stuff. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy because I don't feel like, you know, sometimes I, I, I have a, like every single day I have imposter syndrome, whether mm-hmm. it's from my work or from what I do in terms of like community help, I guess. Right. Because I don't feel like an artist and I don't feel like a therapist as well. You know, <laughs> that's not my job. Both of these things are not my job, my, my initial job, but there are things that I have a deep pa- passion for. I'm passionate mm-hmm. about those things. And when you're passionate about something, you have to convey that to others as well because yeah I, I i remember when i first started started being a graphic designer i had amazing teachers who were passionate about what they did and that's what got me hooked to that yeah and so i always see patient as a really Im- important drive to have and to convey and so back on the topic of mental health um I've been dealing with with mental health issues my whole life. life. Life has been really difficult for me and for a lot of people, you know. And I I was always used to, yeah, just share about positive things and trying to make people feel better. And one day someone asked me in, in an interview, they were like, so do you, do you have like, 
panic attacks or like do you suffer from something and it was like yeah of course why, why are you asking that and, yeah. and they're like oh oh no i don't know because like everything you post is like so you know positive and just trying to help people and all of that and and it was like and that was like it hit me so hard because i thought that it was like i was being genuine because like everyone who knows me in real life knows mm -hmm. that i'm struggling with those things but i was hiding it in social uh, on social medias and through my practice and when i when i felt that it felt so so wrong and i feel like this is where i kind of made a, a statement to myself and really tried to open up more and be more more vulnerable about things and about the bad things you know yeah because i feel like you cannot help people um if you're not open to share about the the goods and the bads both of them are really really important mm -hmm. and i felt like when i when i jumped into nfts that was kind of the goal i wanted to pursue throughout this journey and i, I kind of tried to imagine about how to connect people together i, I kind of wanted to do a, pod, a podcast as at first you know mm -hmm. but then i felt like it wasn't enough and and then I, I was starting to see so many people on twitter being really anxious and posting a lot of tweets about how anxious everything was of of how they they were being anxious of being in nfts and not understanding everything and how yeah. the the fomo and the 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 fear of being left out you know all of mm -hmm. all of those feelings were hitting them hard and they were hitting myself as well <laughs> and and it was like so we are all struggling in our own little corner and we're not bonding together and venting together about that right. when really we're experiencing the same things. So I guess this is where the idea came from. When I had my first job uh, at Nifty Getaway, I had to, to build a project, but I, I don't want to build projects that are just for the sake of art. That's not what I do. Mm -hmm. So I created Hail the Deal and I made it uh, kind of the first um, emotional support club in the in the metaverse for people to join, and it's actually half a community project. So we have the Discord, the the, the Discord part of the project where everyone mm -hmm. talks and open up, and then there's a visual uh, aspect uh, and part of the project, which is the the NFT drops and the visual journey yeah. towards healing. Wow, yeah. It's so like looking at it from if you're foreign to that like world, it's so like intricate and it's cool how you kind of mixed like both your passion for like psychology and helping people with like the art and everything and it seems a lot more unique than just, you know, putting out a another single piece or whatever it may be. And um what was I going to say? It's interesting how like we all like have these anxieties and stuff and you were saying that people didn't think that you felt that way and knowing that you do it probably helps them because you're like successful in that world you know so seeing that mm. you still struggle with that and you're like doing well that probably gives them hope like oh okay i'm not like just a weirdo or whatever it may be 
Yeah, I think it is really comforting to hear about the fact that everyone is going through the same thing over and over again. And mm -hmm. these are conversations we have on a daily basis uh, on the Discord, for example, because you know, every single day someone comes with the same anxiety as someone else has posted about uh, yeah. a few days uh, prior to that. And, and, and it's fine, you know, because like we have to keep re repeating those things and keep helping people, even if it's been like a hundred times that we are saying those mm -hmm. things, because that's how you kind of train your brain and your mind to get out of those intrusive, intrusive patterns and, and disorders and all of that. And for me, I think it's, it's just really important. And I also... Uh, it's what you say just reminded me of um for example co comparing yourself to someone is really subjective yeah. and it's really when you you start to know the person and actually start to talk to them that you stop comparing to them because you actually learn about right. who they are and what they do and the fact that they also are comparing themselves to someone else mm -hmm. so you know just actually facing an anxiety is is the way to go for me it's just like embracing the anxiety really really helps you to process those those things and i'm really glad that we've been able to help so many people already and we are still doing that and they are they are helping me so so much as well yeah i'm always always venting on the discord yeah and i i just make it an an automatism to just go there and talk about what bothers me and what mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's good that's kind of like a mutual relationship like that mm -hmm. and what you were saying about comparing i find myself doing that a lot and it's crazy because sometimes i compare myself to you know other designers or other people on like YouTube and things like that. And then I end up talking with them and sometimes they say like, oh, like I was comparing this thing I did to something you did. And I'm like, oh, what? Exactly. I never would have thought it would have been like a mutual thing like that. I thought they were so far removed from from what I was doing, but it was that everyone like deals with that. And it's it's inspiring to see that everyone deals with it but it's also like oh damn that means that it kind of just happens forever you know <laughs> like you never solve it mm -hmm. or whatever it's just an ongoing thing you have to kind of just learn to cope with rather than try to fight it yeah totally it's it's crazy when you when you just start um when you just start to see that and wit witness that it's crazy mm -hmm. because you just feel so dumb and you're like what did i <laughs> even started thinking those things you know but yeah. hey that, that's normal that's a that's a that's perspective you know everything is about perspective in life and when you sh when you shift your perspective you're able to see things in a different way yeah. and that's really really important to do so right so what do you do with uh, i asked you about the heal the deal but what what is it you do with the aaa like health and wellness nft like <laughs> Is that just a position you have now, basically? This is a, a position I um, I took like a few uh, months ago. Mm -hmm. um, and so as for everyone who took a position on 888 The New World, we are aiming to have a kind of a, a, a part-time, it's going to be a, to be a part-time job for me. Right. So um, I'm going to be 
helping people there um, as a head of mental mental health and artist wellness i'm aiming to just really be on every conversation trying to offer as much support as possible mm-hmm. we're going to try to make things more easy uh, for you know onboarding artists uh, who are feeling anxious about everything that happens and what they have to do or not right. um i kind of want to have a lot of interactive things going on uh, around mental health so whether it's going to be live streams or games or whatnot you know but a lot, i have a lot of things planned that, that, that mm-hmm. i want to uh convey through this position uh but as you may know uh 888 the new world is not out yet so mm-hmm. I, i'm not still i'm not really involved as much as i want to right now because things Mm, are still moving but uh, i'm there i'm really grateful to be there i'm really grateful to be a voice for mental health i feel Mm -hmm. like i don't know if i'm the more (laughs) the most qualified person to do that (laughs) but i will always do my best because i'm an empath and as an empath, my I'm, I'm always trying to help people the, in the best way I can. And I'm also, oh yeah, I'm also going to help uh, curation as well. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone kind of helps uh, curation for the platform. So I'm going to help my friend Blake Catherine on uh, curating more uh, female um, identified artists nice. uh, to just make it the more the most inclu- inclusive platform ever because that's really missing i know there's a lot of other categories of curation team such as like um um ferocious has the 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 bipoc um mm. a category as well so there's a lot of things happening on that but i i wish i could say more about it but for now there's so many things happening with uh 888 that it's kind of difficult to just focus on that but i'm excited i'm excited it's It's, it feels pretty weird (laughs) yeah it's funny that you said uh you don't know if you're the most qualified for that position because i don't really know who could be more qualified honestly because you not only are in the world of like crypto art and a successful artist Mm. in that sense and have this background in schooling and psychology so i mean I don't know who else you'd want to get for that, really. It seems like you're kind of <laughs> the perfect fit for that. But I mean, uh, I'm uh, perhaps I would I would have seen, you know, a therapist, for example, like someone mm. who has a, a psychology degree. Maybe, maybe at some point I will work with someone who has a psychology degree, actually. That right. would be amazing to have like a second head of the section as well. That would be super, super interesting. And it's really funny because, uh, for example, in um, in Hill the Deal, there's a lot of there's quite a few people who are working in the mental health uh, background. Mm-hmm. You know, we have uh, nurses and all of that pe- people who who do got guided meditations for other who uh, who are yogi masters and all of that. Yeah, and it's really crazy because they're not um, they're not into art or something mm. initially but it resonates with them and they feel a lot of comfort in those things and i feel like it's important to merge those things together and ha- bring a safe space to for artists and creatives to just hold on to because we we 
we just dismiss their mental health so much like mm -hmm. <laughs> it's crazy because before that uh, a lot of art artists were struggling because of social medias and the pressure of algorithms and yeah. engagement and all of that and not, now they're suffering for example in nfts they're suffering from comparison um about sale numbers and all of that right. so they need guidance mm -hmm. i need guidance as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm curious because like we talked a little bit about your kind of some of your background in psychology and mental health and things and i'm wondering how do you how does it kind of inspire you when you when you're creating your own art how do you put in like color uh, therapy and meditation and stuff into your own practice where is it incorporated i think it's all in my head to be honest mm -hmm. um and in the process of course because the process is divided in two parts uh and it's all about letting go and gaining back control on things Mm -hmm. And so with the first step, so the tangible step, it's always about letting go and not trying to control the, the shape of what I'm doing when I create the, the basis of my work, uh, which are uh, made of um, just paints, inks, um, water, alcohol and whatnot, <laughs> everything that goes into my sink, basically. Yeah. And so it's all about letting go and just being in the moment, grounding myself which is really difficult to do but it's so effective when you're just like just hypnotized by those things it's, it's mm -hmm. really visuals there's colors there's textures so you're really grounded in the present and it it's it feels fantastic but then i kind of uh, i kind of have to gain back control when uh, i go to the to the digital part of the right. process uh which is where everything happens basically because um for the first by the first part i really couldn't care less about just colors and textures and movements and if like the, the artwork is perfectly aligned on the diagonal and whatnot so when i yeah when i go back to the to the digital part of it this is where everything happens i put my colors i mess around with uh, softwares and tools and layers a lot of layers on top of each other <laughs> that's like that that's that's where the 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 ocd part of me kind of take control because yes i have ocd so it's really difficult sometimes to spend time on a piece because i just go back and forth back and forth back and forth uh, and it's it's an obsession for me but it's getting really better with with the years and all of the the personal work i'm doing for that right yeah it's good that you have the um initial aspect of it then too that's a lot more harder to control and kind of just free mm -hmm. so you don't you only at least it have is. to feel that way on the latter half. I always wondered, yeah, like your process. I, I, I had speculated that the initial part would be like something analog like that with like yeah. proper liquids and stuff. But I always, I feel like everyone's so curious about your work and just how it, how it's done. And it's like, I feel like I've seen similar things, but no one's been able to quite kind of replicate it in the same way that you do. I think it's good. I think it's it's pretty that. easy to replicate what I do. To be honest, I mm -hmm. I've never 
I never, I've, I've never been like, oh, it's so difficult to do what I do. It's so much technical. No, it's like really simple as fuck. I'm sorry. Oops, sorry <laughs> for the word, but it's really nah, simple. All good. <laughs> I, it's, I just, I, I'm not, I'm not a professional. I, I don't have many talents or whatever. I just do what I do, but. Um, Obviously, it hurts. It hurts to see people just copying your work and trying to be you when they copy what you do and your stories and your mm. your aims as well with mental health and all of that. You know, it's it's really it feels really weird because you feel like violated in a way. Right. But I, I've I've been more comfortable with with that with with time and the more I build my brand etc I feel more comfortable but it hurts me so so much at the beginning yeah, I was I so depressed so so depressed I was like I, I felt like everything I did was for nothing you know but I think that people recognize the imprint of your soul into the things you do. Mm. Uh, and I spend a lot of a lot of time on my work, you know. I spend a lot of time on details, on zooming right. on pixels, on adjusting every sin- single curve or things. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> it's yeah. a, I'm crazy about it. So I think all of the details makes the difference, and that's one of the advices I really remember from graphic design school was mm-hmm. about spending time on the details because that's where my work really started to evolve and stand out you know when i mm-hmm. started to apply this advice it really took me somewhere else either on my graphic design projects or my digital art projects and it makes all of the difference yeah yeah that's good i, I feel like it, i noticed too like different artists sometimes they 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 ha- they go through kind of this different phases of being upset that they're getting copied and then realizing like oh once you once you kind of establish yourself so much like it doesn't matter who comes and tries to take it because people will see right through it and they'll know that you're the actual person that they're doing like you you can only um people can only like be a fraud for so long I feel like I feel like at the end of the day it always it'll always like come to light what's actually going on and if Mm. someone's stealing or copying and (laughs) I feel like the internet has totally changed like the idea of like the difference between like blatantly like plagiarizing someone's work and like inspiration, you know, Mm. like as much as I want people to like copy and learn and stuff like that's good. But I always feel like nowadays people think that they can just copy your work and actually like try to make money off of it or something, which Mm -hmm. that's where it becomes like an issue, you know? Yeah, totally. And I I know why it's hurtful for people to see that because you go through phases of like not caring and phases of just being so upset. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's normal. I think this is something we will struggle with for the rest of our lives because one cannot just, just be like, hey, it's okay, I don't care ever i don't care it doesn't hurt me anymore for the rest of my life no it's not like that you will be there will be times where you feel weaker and it affects you and that's normal yeah and i feel like even if even if some people still support those those people who are trying to impersonate others and all of that uh it's important to remind yourself that 
it's social media you know people they do not they do not think about like i mean if they're not artists you know they they will not think about oh this is really similar to that Mm. person and all of that you know Uh, i had a client for example who worked with one of my copycats first Mm -hmm. and then reached out to me to do something else yeah. And at, at first I was really, really, really not down for that. I was like, there's no fucking yeah. way I'm working, I'm working with <laughs> someone who worked with someone who is ripping me off every single time. And right. then I just, I just, I was just like, you know, this person, they just love this kind of style for them. It's not about the person. They just love the style. So right. you have to be just be kind just do the work they reached out to you now you're going to mm-hmm. to make this a great project and it's good you know you don't have to dm the person and be angry because i feel like at mm-hmm. the end of the day just fulfilling those emotions really puts you down you know so it's yeah. just i don't it's know it's like they say you know uh being like mad at someone or jealous and things it's like uh drinking poison and expecting them to get sick mm-hmm. or whatever yeah it's you like gotta you gotta transform <laughs> you gotta transform this energy into something just as the, yeah. the as we were talking about comparison for example comparison and jealousy are are really intertwined things in my opinion mm-hmm. you know i talk a lot about jealousy uh with members at hill Deal, for example mm-hmm. because i feel jealous a lot of a lot of the times, you know, like yeah. when I see someone being successful or something, I'm just like, fuck, like, why is it not me? Because that's a natural yeah. reaction, you know, it's right. fine. That doesn't mean I'm a bad person, but it's mm-hmm. a natural thing to experience when you see someone be- being successful and you don't have a lot of self-confidence. That's normal. Right. So when I feel that, when I feel this emotion, I just sink into it. I'm just like, okay, now I'm jealous, but you know what? Mm -hmm. It's fine. I'm going to turn that into energy, into my work to do better, to outdo myself. And I I will get there and I will be as successful as this person or maybe not, but that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I go through phases of like when I I try to, some days if I start feeling jealous, like, yeah, I just have to fully kind of go into it and realize that it sucks but it's that's it and then other times I try to spin it in a positive way I'm like oh well if they're doing good it's good for the whole like art like design community or like the entire platform or something and if I can kind of convince myself enough on like a good story I'll just be like all right for the rest of the day you know it won't kind of bother me all night or whatever that's the spirit, you know, because mm-hmm. I feel like with NFT that that that's really important to have that kind that kind of spirit because actually if someone is successful, for example, let's say a Beeple when he made uh, sixty nine million dollars for his yeah. sale as as at Christie's, it was like mind blowing. Of course, right. you you can be jealous of that, but just think about how well it it made like it made such a a beautiful image for the community Mm -hmm. you know and it made things just pop and just everyone being so interested about that and everyone was starting to talk about the community and all of that so we we kind of owe him a lot you know (laughs) yeah i feel the same way on the the other side of the spectrum when i see people like charging like way too low for like you know they'll be doing like album art for like 25 dollars or something and i'm and like I'm like, no, like, I know you want to work and that might be like a short term solution for getting clients and stuff. But 
you're going to regret doing that in the long run because it's going to be hard for not only you to actually charge properly in the future, but you're making it's you're making uh, non-designers and like consumers and clients think that that's like okay or that's mm-hmm. normal. It's like, yes, they don't it's know me. it. They don't look at it that way, though. I don't think that's why. I don't think so, but it, but that's normal because it's all about educating uh, each other. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's the same within graphic design or digital art or NFTs and all of those creative fields who don't have a precise guideline of pricing and all of that because everyone right. has been trying to figure that for years and years and years, and everything every like the experience you have with pricing just really comes from talking with other people like mm-hmm. for me it comes from for, from talking with other people i wouldn't be pricing my my work as i do now if i hadn't spoke with a lot of people and asking them yeah. like hey what do you think of this project how much should i sh- charge and how much w- would you charge yeah, yourself good. so um, it's it's impo- important to be vocal about that um, and also it's important to perhaps go into having more of a educational content about that. I know right. my friend um, at Album Art Archive on mm-hmm. uh, Instagram does that. Jack is really yeah. amazing to do that. And I feel like, you know, those those little posts and tweets about those kind of things really just settle in into people's mind. And it's important. You have to yeah. create that pattern of really thinking about is it is it way too low for what i'm going to do because i'm going to spend right. 70 hours on that <laughs> per week yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and I'm, I'm always glad that jack does that because i feel sometimes like a uh like he's kind of taking one for the team because a lot of that yeah. stuff can result in like backlash that i'm too scared yes. to deal with and he's just like whatever i'll just do it you know <laughs> I love it. I love that we have people like that in the community who are, mm-hmm. you know, unapologetic. You know, they're they're kind. They they do that for the team. You know, yeah. And and yes, maybe sometimes they're right and wrong things about what they say or not. But that's right. also super subjective as well. But mm-hmm. at least they speak about it and this is missing like where where is like where's a website that can help you to price your stuff like where show me show me a grid show me a google sheets with like examples of like how charging uh Mm -hmm. our our rates or all of that like where is that i I need a hub for that and i've i've been thinking about that because the more i dive into nfts the more i see how people are willing to put out helpful content and you know courses and just lessons and all of that and spaces to learn about safety how to mint how to do that um and i feel like that's amazing and i really want to the for the design community to to perhaps take this as an example and help themselves with that i don't know maybe i'm just Mm -hmm. missing something and there's actually something that is like a knowledge base for graphic designers I feel but like there is, like I've seen a few, but it's not as uh, like comprehensive and effective maybe as okay. what you're kind of explaining. Like they're just like, you have to like find it. It's like a little treasure, you know, and like be like, look what I found and like everyone will share it or whatever, but it's not oh, like, okay, okay. they need it to be more in the, I think that stuff needs to be more in the forefront. And I think 
yeah, mm-hmm. as more people talk about that stuff, like I've talked to some of my graphic design friends and seen what they're charging. And I always try to reply to people when they ask me advice on it. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of younger people, they'll ask me and I tell them and they're just like, what? That's so much. Like, are you sure I could charge that much? And I'm like, yeah, like you should be. You should definitely charge that Go much. for it. This is going to, you know, if it's a logo or something like that's going to shape this entire company's direction and like branding and mm-hmm. it's worth more than some people are like or like is fifty dollars too much i'm like no that's not enough you know you need to <laughs> expand crazy. your horizons I, yeah. I wanted to ask you something a little bit off topic that i thought was funny because you're mentioning jack and he told me that uh you hadn't ever heard of Rick Roll or Harambe. I'm wondering how okay, you could be someone on the uh, internet and not uh, have heard of that. <laughs> I okay, I can't I can't begin to imagine that Jack said that to you to humiliate me <laughs> on my own podcast. Like, why Jack? Okay, so I'm sorry, but actually if you know about French people, uh fr- France is like a, mar- a microcosm basically mm. like we know a lot of things about french references but everything that's outside that's not our thing you know okay. <laughs> i feel like now uh it's becoming more <laughs> we we're becoming more open to just like other references uh be- especially because of social medias and like Right. Twitter and all of that but before that uh, everything was like on Facebook and everything's like based out of just like what's happening in France and like what's funny right. in France you know so Arambe I might have heard of that but I didn't know the name of the, the monkey or yeah. the gorilla <laughs> <laughs> and I know about Rick Roll it's just that I didn't know his name but i know uh, the song okay i've been i've been singing that whole, my whole life it's just that i didn't know about his name because i'm bad with names it's just like not knowing an actor's name so right. i'm not that bad okay i'm just <laughs> uninformed i guess yeah that's why i wasn't i wasn't here to humiliate you i was here to help you make sure you could uh have your own argument so people know i can that. stand for myself no 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 you're not humiliating me it's just jack who's just yeah He's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny though. So have you, uh, were you like, were you uh, living in France before at one point or have you always been in Canada? No, I've always lived in France my whole life. Okay, until uh, recently. So I've just moved recently to Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, I moved in March uh, 2020, the mm-hmm. day the border closed. Yeah, that's like a weird timing. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't the plane. Uh, and I didn't know if I would make it. Wow. I didn't know because like they, they closed the borders while mm-hmm. I was on the plane. So when I wow. landed, I was like, am I going to be able to make it? Like, right. am, I cro- am I crossing the, the customs? Like, is it possible? Anyways, so I went there and I didn't know I was moving because I that was just a little trip. And I had to go back to France af- after, take mm-hmm. my things and take my things back to Canada. But it didn't happen. I stayed here. So my, so my family had to ship all of my stuff uh, to Canada through air. And I was like, uh, <laughs> that was like expensive. horrible. <laughs> that was horrible. That was super expensive. And yeah, it's been like a year and a half and I'm so, so happy that I did because I feel so much better here. Um, 
the, the the last years before I moved to Canada, I was living in Paris. And if you're mm-hmm. familiar familiar with Paris, if you ever lived in Paris, you know that ah, life here is like that's something. You know, it's there, those big big cities when it, where everyone is like super always busy doing a lot of things and mm. everyone's like depressed <laughs> like <that's, laughs> and every, there's a lot of uh, also street harassment there um mm. it, it's it's kind of a really depressing mood to be honest and it really didn't help my condition on just like drinking and all of that so i, I really ha- had to go out and yeah. i went i went to canada in 2019 for a holiday and then i met a lot of uh, internet friends there uh and yeah everything clicked super quickly and i was like yeah i want to live there you know people here are amazing and i feel like your environment has so much impact on how you feel and how you work and just everything of course yeah so Isn't, yeah uh, canada has a lot of like french culture and stuff right in some of the districts and things yeah so here we are in quebec uh in montreal and yeah. quebec is actually a french uh region i guess so but they're not talking like speaking real french to be honest you know they have <laughs> that accent and all of those words and i'm just like you guys are weird but that's fine <laughs> it's cute <laughs> yeah i'm sure though just having some of that is an easier transition than going you know to somewhere in the middle of the united states or something like that i guess i guess but it's it's cool because here you can either talk uh french or english so oh, yeah so it's really nice because like if you want to kind of try and learn english you you can't do you can't do that you can talk to people um but yeah for me i i I speak french here but actually i spend most of my days speaking in english over the internet or just like live chats or something yeah so so now i'm just starting to dream in english and all of that (laughs) but i i'm still not really good at talking english and like I, i still stumble upon certain words or like pronunciation Mm. i don't know yeah i think it's pretty good i haven't noticed anything but i uh (laughs) i noticed that uh french thing when i was working uh, with canada i mean when i was working at this place called art of sport because we were designing packaging for like this body wash and deodorant and stuff and we had to we started getting in Canada, like they got the vendors there or whatever. So we're going to be in the Canada stores. And then they told me I had to add the French to all the labels and all the translations. <laughs> and I was like, it was like a nightmare to try to fit the, it's like two of everything now, you know, has to be on everything. It's interesting. Yes. It's weird. Even like the big brands, they'll have everything in French. I never knew it was like that. It's crazy. I, that's something I actually wonder about most of the time, because even on like a, american products etc there's like french translations yeah. on there i'm just like why french why it's just not over there like, in canada i guess no 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 like on actual products in america you can find like on cosmetics pro- cosmetic oh, products yeah, yeah, and all yeah. of that you're right those kind of things in japan as well like in japan like a lot of um japanese brands use like french names and phrases to describe products as well like Mm. what is going on with french like it's not even great it's like it's so hard (laughs) 
Here in California, we have a lot of, you'll see a lot of packaging and stores and stuff that'll be with Spanish, you know? It'll have a lot of Spanish oh. and English will be on a lot of stuff because there's so much, like, especially Southern California, there, it's like so much Mexican influence and right oh, by the I border and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And if you go to, you know, in LA, you have all the different towns too, like you have Koreatown, Chinatown, all that. You go to those places yes. and all the signage and everything is in that in that language. It's interesting. <gasps> I want to go to LA so bad. I have so many friends there that I want to <laughs> meet. But for now, it's just going to be NYC, um, hopefully in November. Uh, oh, yeah. What are you doing over there? So there's like a, uh, a big, big, huge conference uh, called NF uh, NFT NYC. Oh, cool. um, it's over a few days, uh, but I'm not going to the conference. <laughs> I'm just going there, just doing like activities and waiting for people to come out of the conference. To visit. And just, yeah, and just basically, yeah, party at night with masks, of course, <laughs> because like I'm really anxious about just like being there, like with yeah. all of everything happening and all of that. So I'll just make sure that I'm extra safe, but hey. It's going to be fine and nice to just do something else and go somewhere else, I guess. I don't yeah. know. That should be cool. Uh, another thing I want to talk to you about is I've been seeing you use uh, Twitch a little bit lately. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What are your plans with that? You're just going to keep doing unboxing on there and things? <laughs> so for now yes but i kind of want to i kind of want to do more uh game streams mm -hmm. i kind of wanted to stream eastward yesterday because i just mm -hmm. bought eastward been waiting for the game for quite a long time now so i was yeah. like super hyped but i was feeling so tired and i was like oh if i want to stream i have to speak and I don't want to speak now. I'm just, yeah. I just want to be lazy on the couch. Right. So, but yeah, I kind of want to to dive more into that because it, it's so funny, to be honest. There's like a, a little capsule of time just for mm -hmm. me and having fun and, you know, throwing jokes at each other and all of that. That's like, that's all cool. I, I wanted to do that for a long, long time. And now that I'm actually starting to talk more uh, on the internet and be more mm -hmm. vocal and just showing my face and all of that, I feel, I feel more comfortable in doing live streams. Yeah. So yeah, but I won't do like process live stream and all of that. That's not my thing. Right. Yeah, I'm always fun. like, I always want to stream and people tell me to stream and then I always feel like I have to do that, like a process or design and uh, whatever I do that, it it's just like, I feel like I get self-conscious and I have to like, the parts that are boring maybe of the process, I feel like are going to be like a letdown maybe to some of the people that think that they're just going to watch something super entertaining the whole time. So I've been trying to think of some other things that I could maybe do on there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be more interesting if you feel comfortable, you know, if you feel mm -hmm. like you're, you are yourself, you know. So right. do whatever that makes you happy, I guess. Because if you're not happy showing your process and you just like feel you feel super anxious and you don't have the desire to do that, then that, that's not going to be interesting. Just do right. the things you love. And if it, if it means like opening Pokemon cards, then do <laughs> that, you know? And you can still talk about your work if you if you want to in the meantime. Yeah, yeah seeing you do that, because I've seen a lot of designers like 
emerging on Twitch and stuff. And then I'm always like, I don't know how I feel about it exactly. And then seeing you do that was making me think like, oh yeah, I'm not only a designer. Like I could go on there and play games. I can go on there and build Gunpla, build models, like whatever. Yes. Like It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. It's just, you know, it's not that serious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And anyways, to be honest, there's like, if there's like five people watching you, that's already good. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. you're not put, putting yourself into trouble <laughs> for that's now. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, but um, other than that, that's kind of all I had for you. And if you guys want to hear a little bit more from the from uh, Alicia, we can go over to the Q&A on Patreon. But is there anything else you wanted to say before we get out of here? No, it's cool. Thank you for having me. It's so it's yeah. so, so nice to meet you, to talk with you. It's so chill. I love it. And thank you're you. such a good uh, interviewer. <laughs> like, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. You make it so, so easy. So thank <laughs> you for that. I always appreciate when people are interested about what I do or what I have to say. <laughs> of course. And uh, people can find you on Instagram. Can you say, how do you say your username? I never know. It's Malavide. Okay. So I guess I was right. But that's there it is, Malavita. Yeah, there's a lot of A's beginning and I always spell it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But all right, head over to the Patreon if you want to hear a little bit more. And then thank you again. I really appreciate chatting with you. Yay. Me too. Bye, everyone. Bye.